we are live. No, not live, but we are on with Ron Pardlo, Canadian IFBB Pro, and me and Ron, before the start of this podcast, we're discussing the fact that bodybuilders, whether they be amateurs or pros, don't get any respect for their time and what it takes to get in and out of the gym. And I'll give you guys an example. We're discussing how, you know, if somebody wants you to do something, like for example, my sister wanted me to take, pick up my nephew at school or something at three o'clock. And I say, well, I train at three o'clock. And they're like, ah, you can move your training. It's not really that important. And it's like, people just don't give us, they don't really consider it a job. They're like, well, you're just working out. It's just a thing. Yeah, they, they think you could just, if you, if you had to just do it in the morning, it'd be no problem. Yeah. Or if you just had to do it at 10 o'clock at night, you just do it at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's no, it's no big deal. It's all the same. It's not like you plan all your meals for the whole day and schedule yeah. your naps and then, you know, <laughs> and everything around it and, yeah. and your mental programming and you're like a computer at this point. Yeah. It's you like, know? I don't get that. Like, it's a schedule. It's a fucking thing. Like, I have this meal at this time. Yeah. And, I think too, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the fact that you've got a bunch of bills and a house to pay for. Yeah. And, the way you do that is by being good at all the things that make you a bodybuilder and it's, but yet someone else, maybe you're, like you said, your, your other brother might have a nine yeah. to five job and they don't ask him to move his job. No, because he's not allowed to you leave. And yeah. I'm allowed to leave because I'm my own boss, but I don't know if you were a real estate agent, you'd have to be, be showing houses. You'd be like, I'll oh, just show that house at a different time. I mean, yeah. it's strange. Cause I think to the average person, they don't really understand what me and you were talking about. But these are some of the things I think that I try and uh, get across in this podcast is the bodybuilding life has a lot of things that people never hear about. There are a lot of little things, a lot of little things that go with it that can be great and a lot of little things that go with it that can be really annoying. And this is one of them. It's always been an, an annoyance. <laughs> for me that it's never really considered a real job. You can move your cardio. You can move your training. You can eat that meal later. It's like none of it is considered really serious until, right. it's, until it's time to pay the fucking bills. Then it's considered serious. Yeah, it's also, I also used to make the analogy to people, you know, when, you know, people would ask me about contest prep or maybe they'd ask your girlfriend about contest prep and they'd say, you know, like, oh, well, that must be really like hard, you know, for him to be so selfish for four months and so this yeah. and so that. And I was like, well, what if I was doing a semester of university? That's right would they think that was selfish and you know time selfish and all that yeah. stuff and it yeah. was all about them or yeah. would you be like oh hey that guy's doing a semester of like really intense university right now let's just let him yeah, do his thing we just don't have the same we're not afforded the same courtesies like even if that the, you know another analogy could easily be if you're a businessman right my brother for example owns a few businesses he's constantly traveling He's in China, then he's in Europe, and then he's doing all this shit. He's fucking never home. Is that selfish? Right. It's not considered selfish, though, because socially, it's an acceptable profession. So right. Someone else is sending him, or he's, he's yeah, yeah, he's got to go, yeah. Well, he's got to go. He's got to create the business. Well, <laughs> it's no different if I got to go to the gym, or I got to go. I, this is my, people see, people don't understand that bodybuilders are their own business it's like yeah you're your own brand you're your own fucking you know? brand so you're wearing that hostile hat right now and that hostile right, hat it means something yeah it, ha it, it it does it's a brand it means something yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it's just like the rocks brand means something yeah you know yeah. 
And, you know, when I see hostile on a t-shirt, when I see a kid wearing a hostile shirt, yeah, I think, oh, that kid's really fucking hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that, that kid, that kid watches Fuad train and then yeah. he goes to the gym and he tries to fucking kill himself. I like that kid. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and the reason that that brand means that when people see it is because of how you treat your job. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just, it's, it's sad to me that it's lost on, sometimes it's lost on the people closest to us because they don't see, they don't see this. They don't see me. I'm sitting in my base. This is my basement office. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm sitting in my basement office right now with two monitors, a camera and a microphone. This is creating business, but people don't see that part of bodybuilding. All they see yeah. is, Oh, he posted a video on Instagram today. He must've went to the gym. He posted a meal. So part of the reason I want to do the podcast is this, this, this conversation we're having, people don't understand this side of it, how this is helping me make money, even though I might not be making money at the podcast itself. Yeah. Going to help indirectly in other ways. So this is why it's important to keep working. So, um, one of the important parts about staying in a routine, like when you're talking about, you know, well, you can move your workout, but when we're in a routine and it's locked down, that's what gets us through those days that we don't want to do it. Yeah. Because you can, it, it's, it, you could shut your brain off and go on autopilot and just follow the schedule yeah. and it'll get, it'll all get done. And there's days where you don't want to do it, but yeah, but you have to. And if you, if you start being like, ah, I just train whenever I feel like it and all that stuff, like I've never seen a champion bodybuilder who just trained yeah. whenever he felt like it. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. just, that's not how it works. I agree. It's uh, it's almost like a fighter. I mean, I don't yeah. want to, I know, I know I'm going to get a bunch of people on YouTube. who are like, you're not fighters, bro. You guys are work. I understand right. that. I don't, I don't mean that way. I mean, it's mentality. We've just trained ourselves to be like, okay, meal. I'm going to get up and do cardio. I have meal one, I have meal two, and now it's time to go to the gym again. And then, you know, like there's a, just this routine that's like, yeah. and for me and you, I mean, you've been bodybuilding longer than I have. I've been at it for 20 years and it's like, it's literally like I could close my eyes and every day is the fucking same. I could be unconscious and I'd just be doing the same thing. I'd still be going to the gym after yeah. my second meal. And you're right. That's why I get people that message me and they're like, well, what do you do when you're sad or upset or... <laughs> <laughs> like I sit home and fucking cry. What do you think I do? I go. Well, I don't have time to be sad. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, time. I know. Yeah, it's just like it's just, I, I know. I know. Nothing, nothing changes. I just, I just eat the next meal and I'm I drink sad. another liter of water and I'm I go sad to the gym. while I'm eating my chicken. That's all. It's like yeah. <laughs> I'm sad between uh, sets. Yeah. <laughs> be a little sad between these two sets. Yeah. And then hopefully by the end of the workout, I'm not so sad. How's that? So you listen. Know? Why don't you um. For those people who don't know Ron Partolo, Ron has probably been through more adversity than most bodybuilders. And uh, the term uh, going through the fire probably relates to Ron more than anybody. So why don't you give people a quick rundown as to why I'm saying that? Uh, Well, I'm a, a, a very, very, very stubborn, genetically mediocre bodybuilder who refused to quit probably to a fault yeah. and uh, um, managed to finally get my pro card. Uh, so yeah, I, I just was at it a long, long time. And, and I like to think that I picked the hardest era 
in Canadian history that tried to turn pro, yeah. which was 2000 to 2015. Um, I yeah. think as far as depth of classes, size of classes, quality of competitor, I'm really proud that I spent, you know, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to spend 15 years or 16 years at the national level and do 13 shows, I did 13 nationals. 13 and, uh, every, nationals. 13 nationals. How many and every wins? single one of them. I had uh, two class wins and finally got my pro card. Okay. And uh, the, the, the thing was uh, I had eight seconds. So um, um, it, it, uh, the classes were so good, though. Like, I remember I was just talking the other day, like 2012. I remember, like, it was like, I think Paulo Almeida was 10th. Yeah. And Henry Henri Pierre uh, or Anno uh, was like seventh. Yeah. And then, you know, like, yeah. and you know, I was second and Antoine won, you know, it was very, but like the classes were really like Paula was 10th. Yeah. No, you know, like a fucking monster. Like, and, and you just don't, the classes aren't deep like that. You know, 30 guys in the supers, 30 supers at the Canada's like yeah. probably seven or eight times of all those shows I did with 30 supers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and just really crazy quality. And, you know, guys that, that, that I, I played second to were like you, and Frank and uh, me and Ben had a, a flip flop yeah. where I beat him once and then he beat me and got his card. And um, then Antoine, you know, became a man. And because uh, <laughs> we, we all saw Antoine coming, right? Know, he was I like, know. he was like that insane kid. You're like, oh, yeah. fuck. And then I remember the first year Antoine did the Supers, he got dead last. Yeah. And I was well, like, he oh, he had trouble getting shape back then. Yeah, he had trouble getting in shape. And then, yeah. you know, and then, and then he showed up one year and got third. And everyone's like, oh, Antoine's like, good, really good now. And then the next year I, I competed against him next year and he beat me. So just all these really amazing bodybuilders that I got to compete against. And, uh, and you know, I mean, cause uh, you know, what fun is it if you're like just smoking everybody all the time and yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Is it, well, that could, I think that's, <laughs> that could be fun too. Well, yeah, I but I mean, you know, but... yeah, but I, it would, it would suck to kind of smoke your way to a pro card and then get that slap in the face. It, it, I'm sure while it's happening, you're probably like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. But also being a guy that took, you know, it took me a few cracks to get the card and also taking a lot of second places at various pro shows. Like it, it does build a different type of character when you're like, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah. You know, there's just, I feel like I have a stubbornness in me that um, is like just, has incredible endurance like i just don't see a problem with something taking a long time if someone's like oh it's going to take a long time i'm like okay hey, well let's start right now if it's worth it yeah if it's worth it yeah. yeah yeah you know you said something that triggered something in me because I, i've been thinking this for a long time so you said something about the best era now i know you're talking about the amateurs but i want to switch gears a bit because i wanted to ask you this because for those of you that don't know ron is like a bodybuilding historian so he kind of he kind of knows everything about everything when it comes to bodybuilding. So I wanted to ask you specifically this: What era do you think is the best in professional bodybuilding? Um, 1992 to 2006. 19. Wow, that's a different one. 92 to 2006. Okay, I'll before, tell you why. I, before I ask you the follow-up question, yeah, give me. I know why the 90s, obviously, but why the 2000 2006? Well, so because that's um, in 92, uh, we got Dorian turning yeah. Uh, yeah. into Mr. Olympia and it, uh, it changed the game. 
And uh, that was also, if you look at like the quality of competitor, the depth of the competitor in like 90, 91, and then you look at 92 in Helsinki, it was like Kevin LeBron was there. Yeah. It was the, the first show, Kevin LeBron, Dorian winning. That was a, 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 a tide turner. Yeah. And then 2006 saw the, the, the defeat of Ronnie Coleman to Jay Cutler and a new era being born there. Oh, so, so stretching it. Kind of the Dorian to Ronnie era to me is where all the depth was. But do you um, think... Do you think the Ronnie era was deep? Because really those shows from 2000 to 2006, wasn't it just Ronnie and Jay? Yeah, it was Ronnie and Jay for the win. But you got like, you had Marcus Rule on stage. Oh, that was amazing. You had like, I mean, Dexter Jackson. Yeah, like, and you know, uh, yeah. yeah, I I just remember seeing my first Olympia that I went to was 2002. Yeah. So I saw like LeBron do his second place to Ronnie yeah. there and the yeah. Gunter showed up and looked all crazy. And it was like that awesome year. Right. And yeah. uh, I just, uh, I just remember how I remember the crowd used to be so loud. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that was the, it was still the nineties crowd. Right. Yeah. 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 There was still now, all the people think, from the, you know, I think people nowadays are kind of so used to seeing it that maybe they're not as, yeah vocal about it where it was it was yeah. just more exciting back then yeah um, and and the, the whole ronnie and jay thing i mean that was enough yeah on its own to just yeah. be unbelievable you didn't even need any good people behind yeah, them even though they were show with just those two yeah it was something um, else and there was just like something in the air you know so there's there's a question i'm leading to because you know the whole what's the best era thing is an obvious question but the, the this is the point i was leading to do you think the 90s era bodybuilders, or even 90s to 2006, do you think they're still good ambassadors for bodybuilding? Uh, yeah. I think they're, aren't they the, be- the biggest bodybuilders for body, for biggest representatives still? Isn't that all the old guys that have the big lineups when dis- it comes to I gotta, bodybuilders? I got to disagree with you. <laughs> oh, you got to disagree. Okay. Yeah. This so, is where my sticking but, point is. I, I don't. Well, I, I might, I might be thinking of it differently than you too. Okay. So I want to make sure we're kind of thinking of what well, do you mean? Let me tell you where I'm coming from. You tell me if you agree. Okay. Right. When I watch uh, UFC or I watch NFL or I watch NBA and when I watch the analysts on those, in those sports, I feel like they're always promoting the sport in a positive light. They're always. Oh, okay. Pro- they're always promoting the newest guys and how great they are and blah, blah, blah. And they might throw in a jab here and there. Like I could still play with these guys, blah, blah. But for the most part, <laughs> that guy couldn't hit with me. Yeah. 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 For the most yeah, yeah. part, the, the analysts from the previous generation are always promoting the sport. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. And yeah. Think, and you think, I think I know what you think I'm, I'm going to say. So I feel like the nineties guys, all I hear from them, and don't get me wrong, I have more respect for them than anybody. I do, like, I do agree with you on this point. All I hear from them is these guys are shit, these guys are soft, these guys are this, that, or the other. And I'm like, I don't really feel like they're being genuine because right. I remember some of those shows, man, and those guys weren't always in shape. Like, I'm no, not gonna, I know. I'm not going to yeah. name any names. But those guys weren't always in shape, number one. Number two, there wasn't HD cameras back then. Like, if you take your phone and you take a photo and you turn the structure way up on, like, right. a, on an Instagram post, you yeah. look shredded. You look shredded. And you can always tell the guy did it because his face is, like, face like, is di- like, 
yeah. just like his face is like like looks like yeah. granite you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but i'm like, just saying imagine that though that's what all those photos are from right the other thing i noticed too is when people talk about the 90s every photo you see posted is from the olympia i'm like well yeah everybody's always in the fucking best shape at the olympia post some photos from some of the smaller shows and you'll see those 90s greats sometimes not at their best so yeah my point is not to shit on those guys i think that is an amazing era as well i probably agree with you that those that those years from 92 to 2006 are probably the most amazing. But I feel like it's still their job to promote the sport. That's why, that's why I think Jay Cutler is so awesome. I agree. I agree. Because I, I totally understand what you're talking about there. I never really thought of that. Yeah. Um, I was sort of thinking how I've been to expos. When you asked me the question, the thing that came to my mind was I've been to expos where the longest lines yeah. were like Ronnie, Dorian, Jay, yeah, 100%. Dexter, yeah. and I'm like, man, like the four oldest dudes here yeah. have the the lines of the bodybuilding fans, but and then the younger the most, bodybuilders, yeah, but they're the yeah. most iconic, so yeah, it makes sense, yeah. right? But yeah. but I know what you mean. You'd expect the newest guy to be the guy with the biggest line, but I have seen Phil's lines. Like Phil's lines are pretty long too, right? So they're always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I even though people more, even though people talk shit about Phil and say, oh, no one likes Phil, and then I go to an expo and his lines fucking. Yeah, you know, I, that's another long. that's another topic we can get into. Also, I think Phil sounds like he's changed a little bit, but um, we can talk about that after. I guess all I want to all I wanted to get your opinion on was, do you feel like these guys, you know, the guys, the important guys, the legends, you know, we're talking about like Sean Ray and you know Dave Palumbo and you know Dave Palumbo. I've been on a show many times, and they they talk about how nobody trains hard anymore. I'm like. Akeem Williams is squatting like eight plates for reps. Luke Sandow, yes. Luke Sandow is doing stiff like deadlifts with six plates. Like Ian Valier, dummies the two hundreds. Ian Valier is bench pressing five plates like he's warming up. Like I've talked what, about that. I've talked about that that before. Something about Instagram. I don't know if it's like the remember the, the was it the three minute mile or the four minute mile was that yeah. classic time where finally one guy beat it, yeah, yeah, so then yeah. all these other people beat it. It's yeah. like Instagram has done that for strength. I agree because I agree. it's like, I oh remember gosh. like, yeah. but like when I was competing, I remember people used to be like, fuck you're strong. Cause I would yeah. stiff leg deadlift four Oh five and yeah. like, and, 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 you know, do one fifty dumbbells on the incline and everyone yeah. would be like, fuck you're fucking strong. And now yeah. I see these kids that don't even look like they have any, like these, cra- these crazy stuff on Instagram, like people yeah. dummy in the one fifties that don't look like they could bench. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I don't even get it. I don't, I and I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's because all the young guys are on trend really early now. That's why. <laughs> oh, no, man. I agree with you. No, I think it's honestly, they see other people do it and they're like, oh, it's possible. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But my point is, you know, they talk about how, you know, all the older bodybuilders of Dave, Chris Cormier, uh, Dorian Yates, Dorian Yates is notorious for it. Just constantly talk about how there's no work ethic. These guys don't train hard. These guys don't look good i don't know should somebody sit them down and go hey man it's your job to keep the sport going because your opinions are trickling down like when yeah. i yeah i see their comments in threads from normal people so these comments are trickling down into the mainstream so i think it's important for them to to promote the sport and do you think part of it is it's just well i mean 
I think it's just a perception issue. Like think back to like, I remember Dorian as Mr. Olympia, you know, I mean, I, 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 Lee Haney was my first Mr. Olympia. You know, I'm, I was, I started training in 1990. So I remember how we didn't see them train. All we heard was stories, right? So like, it just becomes like this mythical, like, it just takes on a power of its own about how hard they trained and yeah, yeah, and yeah. all this stuff. And, and now, you know, you'll see a video and it's an edited video. So maybe it's got, you know, a clip of the guy laughing in it for a second, which we all do. Like, come on, how often yeah, do you yeah, yeah. make fun yeah. of Paul in the gym? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean we're training fucking hard, but you're yeah. still going to like, yeah. you know, keep your spirits up and come on, fucking, if you don't yeah. get 20, you got to fucking buy dinner, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, yeah, you know, and, and so we see that in a clip and maybe to them, they're like, oh, they're just they're having just fun in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, maybe it's just kind of a well, social media perception thing. Cause I mean, I've seen some of the men's physique, uh, physique guys, yeah. they get shit on like crazy. I know, and I know. I've seen some of those guys train and they're training as hard as fucking I ever trained. They're yeah. doing rest pause sets and drop sets and you know, going hard and strong as fuck in some movements. I feel like the fact that you're bringing your phone in the gym alone is telling the older generation that we're lazy as fuck. But what they don't realize is this is how we make our money, man. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't bring yeah. my phone in the gym, I don't get any content because I don't, the rest of my day is fucking boring. Really? I'm going to be honest with you. The rest, <laughs> the rest of my fucking day, <laughs> the rest of my day, I'm laying on the fucking couch. So there's not really much content to get. So yeah, if I don't bring I, and I have, gym, I, like, I have to admit, I I make jokes about phones, but I need to correct how I word it because I don't mean that. No, I know. You I mean, mean that the people that are like texting, between yeah, sets, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. you look at their phone and they're messaging people. No, no, no. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and you're like, fuck. So that's whenever I make thing. a whenever I make a criticism of phones, like put your phone away. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I mean, but I mean, I pull my phone out and change my music, and I think um, most people. You know, I think I'll give my know, yeah, yeah. I think most people know that you don't mean changing the music or taking a picture. It's like yeah, you mean the guy that's sitting there texting his girlfriend for half an hour in between sets. Yeah, man. I mean, I I see people just cruising Instagram and and yeah. just you know complete lack of focus, and they're just you know, I I, I like to say that I'm not upset that they're on their phone because they're not going to get the gains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't care about their gains, but what I would like people to have is the experience of being in the moment at the gym, because it has been the most transformative experience of my entire life has been focusing on that task. And I just want other people to know what that's like, where there's no outside world. Like it does not exist. I don't like, think I don't give a fuck about. I don't even know that there is even the possibility of something happening outside of my body. Yeah, yeah. And I'm retired, man. I'm not competing. I'm training for fun, yeah. and I'm still like that. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people enjoy it that way, the way we do. And that was another. Que- that was another question I wanted to ask you: is is it is something changed? Like, why do guys like guys don't want to be fucking huge anymore? Like when I was ah. coming up, everybody wanted to be fucking huge. Like, oh, that guy's massive. I can't wait to be that. Now I don't hear that anymore. Guys just want to look pretty. So there's a couple reasons for that. I talked about this uh, with a friend on the weekend. Um, first of all, I mean, there is the factor that people want things quickly. Um, you know, the whole 
the the appeal of that sort of uh, task is a little overwhelming and and you know not as popular, um, and it's also uh, you know social media has changed that like you know if you're 180 pounds with a full set of abs and you're lean, you look better in a picture than yeah. a guy who's 250 off season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's that sort of. They're like, well, I just do that all year because I'm already that size. You well, know? if you're talking about like the Instagram life, then yeah, it's yeah, more and appealing. Then yeah, I, I think the lack of so I, I I hate to say this, but I think that Dallas McCarver's death affected the entire subculture more than we have realized yet. Think so? I think it. I think it. I think it affected. I I, I just. I know mean, it was only a couple years ago, but I've seen a drop off since then. Like, I don't, I don't, I think it's not a direct, I think it's, uh, I don't, I think it's anecdotal. I don't think that's, I personally don't think that's a direct connection because man, there was guys dying when I was coming up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody gave I, I just shit. think, I just think that one was a little bit more social media. It was uh, more public. People were like, whoa. Yeah, people felt more connected to Dallas because of social media. Yeah, I can see. I don't that. know. I, I think we're going to see a, a ripple effect from it more than maybe we have. But I, I, I don't know. Like it, it was a bad. It was a bad one. It was a bad I one can, for. I could see that because I think when people follow someone for a little while, they start to feel like they're the, they're friends with that person. Like I get messages yeah. all the time, and they kind of are at a certain point. Like I get some of the same people messaging or commenting on my posts. They kind of do become friends for lack of a better word yep so when you feel connected with this person and that person passes away yeah i could see that being pretty traumatic for a lot of people but even i I think even before dallas though i just don't don't feel when i go to the like i promote two shows Mm -hmm. i just don't hear the guys backstage anymore talking about oh man what did you do to gain 10 pounds of muscle and how much protein are you eating and right it's a different conversation nowadays man I, I, um, I'm, a, I'm disappointed. I knew it was going to happen, but I really think that classic physique has cannibalized a lot of the best genetics away from amateur bodybuilding. Yeah, I could agree with it, that. It sucked. It's like vacuumed a bunch of the great frames. Like, cause someone will have a great frame and they'll be like, well, you know, I gotta be, you know, 215 as a heavyweight yeah. to maybe get a pro card, but I'm already 190. Yeah. And I look great. So if I just go down to 188, I can be classic yeah. and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And so I, I just think there's a lot of that going on. Well, it's a simple, um, there's, a very, there's a very simple uh, example. If you look at uh, Chris Bumstead, Chris Bumstead yeah. <laughs> with 20 more pounds on his frame could be a top five at the Olympia. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, he's probably going to be Mr. Olympia in a classic. So he's like, why would I fucking get any bigger? I'm already the best in this class. Or close, yeah. to, or close to and the best. I think oh. Bumstead's uh, also too. He's in the situation where um, he's actually been able to financially capitalize on being oh, yeah. in the classic division, which a lot of guys in classic like the prize money is not as big, yeah. and like you know what I mean. So as long as it's it's uh, endorsement wise there for them, it's a good move. Yeah, you know, if you're living off your contest winnings, and maybe you want to go to the open. Yeah, but I, but I mean, <laughs> but I'm talking aside from that because. I don't know, maybe back in the day, if there was classic, maybe I would have stayed there if there was money in it. But I just, I don't know. I I don't want to keep harping on the point. I just don't hear guys. I don't feel like guys just want to be fucking huge. 
Guys are just like, I, they're looking at the money aspect. They're looking at the Instagram aspect. They're looking at spot. They're looking at all these other things, but I don't really just hear anybody go, no, I don't care about all that shit. I just want to be massive. Well, we, I, I know I came up, I mean, who, who were my wrestlers? You know, Davey Boy Smith, the ultimate yeah, warrior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. were my wrestlers, you know, yeah. um, who, who were my action heroes? Well, yeah. Arnold and, you know, Stallone and guys that were shred and look and, you yeah, know, Van yeah, yeah, Damme yeah. and that whole era. Who are the wrestlers now? They just look like, like hip hop artists. I see, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, and yeah. who are their heroes now? Well, the rocks are hero, but yeah. you know, he's not, it's not massive huge. compared, compared he's not to massive. he's a giant man, you know, yeah, he's a yeah. giant man, but it's not the same. So they're just not being fed the same look and they're just not growing up on it. Like I grew up on, you know, how do, how do superheroes look now? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Fuck. I mean, superheroes used to be just jacked beyond. You, <laughs> yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like my superheroes yeah. were my superheroes were on a lot of trend, <laughs> and and their superheroes yeah. are 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 not. You know, they're they're yeah. eating vegan, and um, yeah, it's just a different look. So yeah. I think that 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 culture shift is part of it. But hey, I I've been around long enough to see bell bottoms come twice, and <laughs> you know, I saw vanadyl sulfate yeah. come twice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I who knows? I mean, the, the, the tide could shift. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a really good point. I didn't think of uh, the social heroes that are kind of put out there now for little kids to follow. So You know, like if you want jacked guys, you, you got you to gotta look at like some of the rappers if you want to see muscle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I want to ask you something a little off the, out, of, out the box, I, which I want you to tell me actually because this is what this podcast is really about before I'm going to get into some Instagram questions, but before I get into that, I want to ask you, what do you think is the most important thing that people don't know about bodybuilding or bodybuilders? What is something that you wish? Cause sometimes I'll be sitting around. And I'm like, man, I wish people could see this. Because right. They don't see this thing that I'm doing or feeling. So, um, I, I, I think that, I think that bodybuilding has taught me an unbelievable amount of patience hmm. and discipline and, um, problem solving skills, staying calm under pressure. Okay. But let me, let me, let me stop you for a second. Sorry. I, I I'm looking for something more specific. Is there something, uh, is there something more specific you're like, Okay, for example, I'll give you an example. Like a lot of people, if someone's picking shows for the year or whatever it may be, don't understand that part of the way they may pick that show is not just emotional, but this is also their career. Like I don't think people realize sometimes that these are also our jobs. Like this is our living. This is how we right. make money. So it's kind of like I did a podcast about pressure of bodybuilding and, and some of the pressures that come with if you lose if you lose you lose guest posing appearances if you lose you may lose t-shirt sales you may lose this you may, people don't understand those things people don't even think of on that level because to them it's not a job right. fan right so right. Is something is there something that you've recognized or you've seen in bodybuilding that you can tell people that you know what guys this is something you never think about that these guys are going through or they're feeling on a daily basis and you just don't, you haven't grasped it because we can't show it to you on Instagram. I, I think, um, well, one that pops into mind is training and pain. Uh, the yeah. amount of discomfort 
that yeah. we are just absolutely accustomed to. Yeah. And, um, you know, like there's been things that have been wrong with me where I haven't said, like, I remember one time I was telling my girlfriend about my elbow and she's like, well, how long has your elbow been bothering you? I'm like, yeah. I don't know, like five months. <laughs> she's like, this is the first time you've said a word. Yeah. Like I just yeah. suffered in silence for like five yeah. months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I don't think most people understand that they see us in the gym and they just think we're just going to the gym and just working out. But like every single day, like when, especially when I was, you know, competing and, uh, you know, training where, you know, where I couldn't, you know, be flexible on anything. Like I was always kind of hurt the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Always kind of hurt. It's funny you said that because, um, that's actually a really good one. Because someone just said to me the other day, hey, man, like, how come you're always hurt and nobody else is? I'm like, dude, they're all hurt. I'm just the only one. <laughs> or <laughs> you're, you just had some bad ones that had to be kind of addressed. No, you know? but like everybody's fucking got a tear. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Listen, I've had one tear that required surgery. Um, two that were pretty bad that I couldn't have surgery on and one that, didn't need surgery and whatever, but it was still kind of bad. But everybody has had first or second oh, de second degree tears. I've had I, twenty. Yeah, had I 20. mean, Bru yeah. big bruises, big fucking yeah. purple spots. Yeah, twenty easily. Of twenty of those, more easily at least. So, and that's why I told this person is, dude, we all go through the shit. I'm just the only one, or one of the few ones. Yeah, that makes it public, and that's because I'm trying to do what you're doing now, which is let people know, like this fucking shit's not easy because yeah. if, if like you said, if you're not tearing something, you're dealing with inflammation, sore knees, sore elbows. Yeah. Something's starting to bug you and you're worried about, Oh, I don't want to get, let this get worse. Yeah. You know, you, you go to do an arm workout one day and fucking forearm has a sharp pain in it. And you're like, yeah. well, what the fuck's this? Yeah. I got to, <laughs> yeah. or even like, or even on the, yeah. on the food level, you could be like, fuck, I'm not digesting my egg whites all of a sudden. Like, you have an egg white allergy that just fucking popped up out of nowhere and you got to like restart. So, man, what? What? That's so, that's so true. Like everything's, you're just cruising along and then all of a sudden it's like digestive problems. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is causing this? You're like, I didn't yeah. change anything. And yeah. other people just eat whatever they want and shit whenever they want. And they don't even think about it. Yeah. It doesn't even occur to them. Because yeah. they're not in touch with their digestion at all. And then, like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Well, just it's just food, it's just one food of, sensitive all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just one of those other things that people don't understand that we go through. Like, well, why isn't that guy eating enough? I'm like, well, maybe his body became fucking oatmeal resistant halfway through his off season and he just had to reset. Like, sometimes you just have to reset. Like, so yeah, that's a good one. I, I never, uh, I never thought to explain i mean i explain to people when i tear things but i don't think people realize that we're always kind of going through something yeah so, always something wrong the mental the mental side of it is to me the toughest i can fucking go through any pain but the mental side of it because there's days and it's like you said you get yourself in a routine where it doesn't matter if you're upset or not but there's days where i'm like fuck this just fuck it just i don't want to just fuck it i'm gonna go sell cars so <laughs> We all, I think we all go through uh, our own yeah, man. issues. It's a lot. Let me, um, I'm going to go on Instagram right now because I wanted to get a few questions from people. Okay, cool. 
I don't have a lot here, so let's see what we got. Uh, you know what? You had two patella tendon tears, didn't you? No, no. I had I had one quad tendon tear. One quad tendon I, tear. I blew my quad tendon off the top of my knee, right? And you had surgery so, for that. Yeah, I had to have it reattached. It was hundred percent ruptured. So someone yeah. just asked me. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you this question, and it's gonna apply to you as well. So I'm gonna I want okay, you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was your recovery, and have you had any mental put downs since? And what have you done to get over them? So basically, I want to know. Your recovery is fine now. I see you squatting and or leg pressing tons of weight and everything. But during your recovery, how many times were you like just in the shits? Like you just didn't think you were going to get past it? Yeah. So it, it was, uh, I remember there was a couple times like early on, you know, after the surgery where I was on the crutches and stuff and yeah. the leg was just swollen and just looked disgusting and hurt like fucking crazy. Yeah. And, um, I remember there's a couple times where like, I remember I was in the shower one day on my crutches yeah. and I just lost it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, sure. Oh fuck. I yeah. just fucking lost it. I just yeah. broke. It was like yeah. the most broken I've ever been. Cause yeah. I, the, when I actually tore it, yeah. I was like sort of normal. I was like, well, yeah. okay, well everyone's got a tear. Let's do this. You know? It and uh, it, didn't, set it right. didn't really set in. And like yeah. my, and my girlfriend kept my spirits up for three days while I waited for surgery. And then I went in for surgery and I went in like, fucking yeah and yeah. i remember the the assistant the surgical assistant he's like the intern or whatever yeah he we're wheeling they're wheeling me into surgery and i'm just fucking i'm fucking like this i got a <laughs> smile on my face yeah. and i'm cracking jokes you know yeah. I'm like come on doc i got a squat session let's do this you know like i'm being funny yeah and he looks at me and he goes i have never seen anyone go into surgery with this attitude like pumped yeah yeah like pumped and i go yeah. do you know how fucking happy i am to be here yeah. Every day that goes by, my leg gets harder to heal. Yeah. And I go, I'm so fucking happy my phone rang this morning. I go, and as soon as I wake up from this, I start the clock. Yeah, yeah. So I had this, like, I thought I had it because I'm like, fuck, I got this, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And, yeah. and then, like, I think it was, like, you know, a week after surgery, I'm in the shower and I just fucking shattered. Yeah, yeah. Like, I co completely collapsed in on myself mentally. It was yeah. like, finally, I finally realized I'm like, this is going to be a long process. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And you may never be the same, but you got to fucking, you know, it's going to take everything you have again. Yeah. It's like everything else you ever tried to do has taken everything. So nothing's ever been easy. So and, how, did you, uh, yeah. how did you get past? Cause I had that same moment, but how did you, and it, it's funny. I went through the exact same. I remember laughing before they put the anesthesia on my face. So like I was totally like, I'm going to fucking crush this. I'm going to be back on stage by August. Right. But I had the same moment. It was like same thing. Like a week later, I'm like, fuck, man, I can't train chest. I can't fucking do anything. But how did you get through it? How did you, what happened to get you like past it? Well, I mean, you know, having certain, like my girlfriend is just amazing. You know, she's just like, yeah. this is going to happen again. Like, it's, yeah. you're not Superman. Yeah. You, know, you just got to do your best. You're going to have some bad days. I'm here for you. You know, I mean, obviously having certain people in your life is, is key to anything. But it, it goes back to what bodybuilding had already taught me, which was just patience. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I remember, you know, I'd sleep with my leg really elevated because it was just so swollen, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then when I, you know, every course, I wake up in the middle of the night and I have to piss. And, I, you know, I have to take my crutch, hook my leg, 
you know, lower it down on the floor, kind of crawl out of bed backwards, stand up on my crutches. And then when you get up on your crutches, the fluid rushes down and your leg feels like it swells. Yeah, yeah. And the pain, the pain just rockets up your, up your body and out of your head like lightning. Oh, and I'd stand there, I'd stand there for 30 seconds, just, just enduring this yeah. fucking agony. And then it would fade off. And then I'd crutch in and take a piss, come back to bed. Oh. And I remember thinking every time I did that, I was like, only a couple hundred more of these. <laughs> only a couple hundred more of these. It's like a rep. <laughs> yeah. Just got to do the reps. That's just got to do the reps. I'll just do the reps. One day I'm going to get up. It's going to hurt less. And then the next day it'll hurt less. And I just have to fucking last, outlast these fucking trips to the bathroom. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I can't imagine the leg is probably way worse than the elbow. So I'm not going to. Gravity's a bitch. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to imagine I, I went through the same thing. Like I had a moment of shittiness because I was like, I can't train. But I don't think I've, I've been, I mean, I've been eating a lot of edibles, so that's probably why I have no pain, but <laughs> I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, no, I didn't, honestly, dude, I didn't even use the perks. They gave me a fucking bottle of perks like this fucking big. Yep. Zero I think, opiates. I think I took a half twice the first day. And after that, it's all been edibles. Yeah. And it's only to get to bed, really. I don't like do it during the day. Yeah. Anyway, the point is uh yeah i don't think i could i could endure like or I, I could i don't i haven't had to endure that kind of fucking pain for me it's just the the, the weight is what's killing me well that's still the worst part yeah, <laughs> yeah you know just, you know if they asked you you know if they asked you deal oh god sorry we're used to like willing our shit to work yeah like if, if you like our brains work like this if you can't lose any weight do more cardio if you can't, yeah. if you did more cardio and you can't lose any weight, eat less fucking food. It's like, if you're not strong, put more weight on the bar and keep trying. Like that's how our brains work. So this is like, Hey, there's nothing you can fucking do. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's, it's Just the wait. worst. Yeah. It's the worst thing to do to me because I'm used to having a solution. You're and used to having a gas pedal you can push on. Yeah. Something you know that can I mean? make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And all you, all you can do right now is just move that arm, click, yeah. click, click, move that arm, That's click, right. click, click, <laughs> move that arm. <laughs> um, so. All right, let me get another couple questions here. I'll let you go. I don't want to keep you forever. Uh, actually, you know what? You're a coach. You train a lot of clients, and your guys are always shredded. So this is a good one for you. This guy asks, is cardio really necessary to burn the unnecessary fat or lowering the carbs will do the work? So this is like the age old question because I've had this question a lot of times too and I know what I think but I want your opinion. Do is it more cardio or less food which is better for a bodybuilder? So I've tried everything. I've tried everything and I sort of feel like I do the best and most of the people I help do the best when there's both. I I think cardio is almost necessary for most people. I've had some clients get, you know, strided glutes with no cardio at all, but they're just like metabolically different than most let's people. Talk about, let's talk about the average person because that's kind of rare. With average person, I would say, you know, I try to keep cardio under an hour and I try to lower food beyond that. I don't really like two-hour cardio daily and all that. Um, I, I would rather the person train more than they do cardio. Um, 
So, you know, I'm sort of the type of guy that tends to start with 20 minutes five times a week, do most of the work with the carbs. Cardio goes up a bit when the carbs start to get a little low, maybe more cardio instead of dropping more food. Yeah. Also depends on the feedback from the person. Some people were like, I'm not hungry. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. if you're not hungry, we can cut some carbs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If they're like, I'm fucking starving to death. It's like, well, let's just add 10 minutes of cardio then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so you're, so, it's, so it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. So you're not in the all cardio camp or all starving camp. You're like, no, no, I think they're both tools and there's, there's limits to both. I think the, you know, uh, massive amounts of cardio is definitely uh, and uh, counterproductive for most people. Um, you know, it, it just depends, but I tend to use both. I tend to try to balance them out. Are you I don't know where you sit on this. Well, I think, um, I always like more food and more cardio. That being said, I try and max it at two forty-five minute sessions. Yeah, uh, I have a couple. I have a couple guys doing two forty-five. So I won't. So I yeah. won't. Yeah, and it's not everybody, but I won't put some, somebody through more than an hour and a half of cardio. If it gets to that point, I feel like something's not right with their diet. But yeah, I kind of like the muscle to be saturated, for lack of a better word. I don't want somebody fucking starving. I would rather them be eating and doing more work in the gym. Right, so, right. I also tell people to add volume sometimes. Yeah, to their workouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other so, thing too. I think depending on how someone, I, it's tricky, right? Because people, when they when you do online stuff like you do as well, it's tricky because someone's like, oh, I did an hour cardio and I did an hour in the gym. But then if you, what I've done recently is actually start getting clients to send me training footage. Oh, I do that all the time. I never did that up until last yeah. year. Like, send me Send me a video of your squat. And then... Yeah. I'll see their form is off. Their aggression is off. Like they're not really pushing. They're stopping like way short of failure. And then I can see now, okay, well, you're going to burn more calories if you're more aggressive, if you're going closer to failure, if your rest time is shorter, all those things, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I noticed that's like a, it's a really tricky part of online coaching is gauging their work ethic in the gym, not the cardio. Yeah, I usually tell for like when someone signs on with me, I'm like, okay, first week, I want you to send me your main working set for as many exercises as you can. Really? And That's yeah, a- just, I just want to see if they're going hard, you know, and like, and like you said, you know, I, I call them eight, nine tenors. You know, a lot of people are eight, eight nine tenors, eight, nine, ten, you know, and then they're happy to stop, you know. Um, so I'm like, don't be an eight, nine tenor, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, my girlfriend just went home. There we go. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I say, man, you gotta, you gotta crank this up a little bit. Like, you know, you should be using 15 pounds more on dumbbells or something like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you, you really step in on that. It helps. How can somebody get a hold of you if they want online coaching? Um, you can email me at bigronpartlow at gmail.com okay. or they can hit me up on Instagram at rep 300. Um, I'm taking clients. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always looking for people to work with. You know, I don't take everyone that contacts me. Um, I try to be honest if I don't think I'm the right person for the job. Um, you know, some people have expectations that, you know, maybe I just don't think they're realistic or whatever. Um, but you know, I, and I like to help really serious people. I think there's a misconception that I only work with like super heavyweight bodybuilders because yeah, yeah. I'm always like talking like that, you know. I get that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're fucking oh, if you train with Ron, you know, you're fucking, you know, he's gonna make you puke every day and it's, it's just it's not like that. Like me, like man, I, I sometimes I wanna help, like sometimes I'll see like a heavier guy in the gym 
And I'm like, man, I bet you that guy would work his ass off. I would train that guy for free if he would just bust his fucking ass. So it's like, I don't know. I think I get the impression that you're more like me. Like I'll work with anybody as long as they're willing to like. Oh, and, and, and and like probably most of the most satisfying uh, clients I've ever had were just regular Joes that wanted to do one show. Yeah. And they do that one crazy crap and they just like, you look at the pictures and you're just like, what the fuck? But that person, you know? probably, that person probably doesn't have another one in them. They're like, fuck it. Right. Like, well, yeah, it's a lot of times it's they're like their wife's letting them do one show or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, But those guys can be awesome clients, you know? I've no, had some 100%. People, yeah. 100%. So, okay, yeah. I know your girl's home. Let me let me get a couple others if there's a couple good questions. Oh, yeah, fire away. Uh, okay. Please discuss how to mentally overcome the challenges of contest prep in the last few weeks. I feel that's a, I feel like there's that one and there's one other question I want to ask you. So let's touch on that one. Cause I feel like a lot of people suffer with that last 10 pounds and getting that actually like shredded, shredded look. Um, so there's a few things that I used to say to myself all the time. And it's uh, like, one is just a classic one day at a time. Yeah. Like don't focus on huge spans of time when you're fucking, when you know, those last few weeks when you're just dying. Just one day at a time. Yeah. All you have to do is just today. Just yeah. do that. Just do today. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, even as even as like working with Aceto, I remember he even used to say one meal at a time. Like, just, yeah, <laughs> it's true. One meal at a time. Like, don't think big. Just fucking focus on the task. Um, yeah. And and that's the thing most people have a hard time with is just focus. You know, I remember I, I remember um, getting ready for the Canada's one year. And I was living with my best friend and I was doing my 30 minutes cardio at night and there was a park by our house. So I just used to walk around the park three times. Yeah. It was like, you know, real nice. And, and, uh, I remember sitting on the bench by the front door with my headphones on for like a half an hour. Yeah. Just trying to get the energy to go out yeah. the front door yeah. Yeah. and down the stairs and do the three laps around the park. Yeah. And I remember my, my roommate like came home from work, showered. Yeah. came back out of his bedroom he's like you're still here and yeah. i'm like i'm just i'm just trying to get out the door yeah. man yeah and then i just finally like i listened to like half an album yeah <laughs> and then finally like got out the door and and that sometimes is is the the do like if if you want to be as good as you can be it's you're gonna yeah. have like those types of battles yeah yeah no and i agree with you 100 it is one day at a time because i specifically remember even just this last prep, I remember going to bed some nights and thinking, all right, I got through another day. I literally would think like, as I was putting my head down on the pillow going, okay, I just got to make sure I sleep enough because sleep is yeah. a fucking, sleep is a bitch for me anyway. So I'm like, yeah. Hey, I just pray I get three or four hours sleep. And I get to get up and have my breakfast. I'm like, that's all. Yeah. Like, I just, I made it through another one. You know, another, another one I used to think of all the time was, I think a lot of people have trouble with progress because, you know, when they first start the diet, the weight kind of falls off. Yeah. And then, you know, near the end, it becomes a grind. Right. Yeah. And, and I sort of think in my head, you know, like, you know, when you're like fighting the boss on a video game, you know, when you're young, you're playing like, you know, you get the boss's power meter down. (laughs) And then of course, of course, like as you're beating him down, then the computer gets harder. Like, you know, he starts doing all this killer stuff at the end, but you just got to keep fucking hitting your buttons as fast as you fucking can. And, 
just believe that that bar is going to close yeah. right out to nothing. And, yeah. and you just have to think about the, the, you know, the fat on your glutes or, and that's what you're doing. It's like, I know it seems like it's not moving, but you just got to keep pushing your buttons yeah. and just don't stop. And it, it'll, it'll come off. I think you just got to believe. I think because people are seeing themselves every day too, when that, those increments are so small, they can't see them properly, especially because yeah. you're, you're a little fucked up from the diet. Right. And then you've been doing You've been dieting for so long and you look at yourself in the mirror so long in the same light, the same day, every fucking day, it starts to just look the same. And you're like, am, yeah. I, am I making any progress? And then yeah. it starts to get hard. Cause if you don't feel like you're making progress, you're not going to try as hard. So yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. It's, uh, I remember just to relate to your story. I remember one year, one of my coaches, and I won't mention any names, but one of my coaches put me on a lot of let letrozole. For those of you who don't know, letrozole is an anti-estrogen, and with no estrogen in your body, it's hard to do anything. It's like the strongest one. It's the <laughs> most powerful one. Like, it'll zero you out. Man, it fucking sucked, and I never did it again after that. But I remember sitting on the couch, and I had to take a piss, and I was like, I had to argue with myself to get up and take a piss. I'm not, I wasn't going to piss my pants, <laughs> but I But you had a bottle there. I swear to God, I sat there for what had to be 15 to 20 minutes going, just, just get up and piss, man. I'm like, you know, you can feel it. I'm like, yeah, just get up, just, just get up. And this went on. Yeah. This went on for 10 or 15 minutes and, and I'm like, okay, finally I got up and I'm like, but that was a daily occurrence for like the last two and a half weeks. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking horrible. But you know, sometimes that's what it takes. So yeah, I know it's I, crazy. I feel like it's good to tell these stories because I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it can be sometimes. So listen, the last one I want to ask you is very, a very simple one. Does the current Mr. O have a chance to retain the title? Well, yeah, he does. It's going to be very difficult. I think, I, think it's, I think what he means is, well, let me finish the whole question. Oh, okay. Because I, I didn't feel like the second part of it was relevant, but let me ask the whole question. Does the current Mr. O have a chance to retain the title looking so small? Well, I mean, the 